former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Good afternoon and welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And thank you very much uh, for joining us. And I'm uh, really uh, not for uh, not 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 confused at all, but as to what my first issue is today, and probably going to be for some time because I'm over the top angry. I really am, and I'm beyond angry. Uh, I've got lots of reasons, and maybe more than most, uh, to be very upset about John about Joe Biden being president of the United States. Uh, and I probably know, even with the revelations that have come come about, a lot more about him than you do, tragically. Uh, first, by virtue of investigating him, starting in 2018 or 17, whenever the heck they first dropped it in my lap. I knew most of what you needed to know about him before I got the hard drive. I, I had already put out 100 podcasts, about 20 of which were devoted to showing how he could be prosecuted for a multitude of crimes, only to be ignored, except really for John Solomon and, 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 uh, and Sean Hannity. Uh, nobody cared that he was a crook. Nobody cared that he took money from Ukraine, he took money from Russia, and we, and we had money from China. Nobody cared. Then the hard drive came along in October of 2020, and I said to myself, well, I mean, thank God America's going to be spared from a man that I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to my grave knowing that he's a massive crook. I did my best to get it out, and they buried me as best they could. And a few people had gotten to get it by then, but not, not enough. And at that point, I still thought Trump would probably win if he didn't. He might have won. I mean, I, I believe he did. So I know all the arguments against it, but I can also give you a chapter and verse on that one. But when they, when they covered up the most significant evidence ever that I can think of presented of criminality of a presidential candidate, evidence that uh, in no halfway decent country of laws would be denied the people, in my great country, a fraud that would be unthinkable in a banana republic even. Uh, I tell you, that was a real blow. And I don't know, to be like shocked and surprised that they would fix an election if they would do that. I don't see why you would be all that shocked and surprised. I don't know, we could add to it. They paid a, a million dollars or more to make up the frame up. Yeah, the Russian collusion frame-up. As big a frame-up as the Stormy Daniels thing with, with, with uh, the biggest liar in the world and the worst prosecutor ever. The whole situation in Georgia, a state he won, and all he was saying to that, that, that uh, <laughs> dishonest attorney general was, get me 11,000 votes because there are about 200,000 that was stolen. And by the way, he didn't know at the time. You should know that, you big liar, because five days before, after the election, maybe six, Raffenberger, who pretends that it was a perfect election, got a report from a team that he had sent out to monitor the election. And the report said, let me make it clear, report said the election stunk and gave him 48 things to investigate. Did he investigate one or two? No. He hid it in his desk. So when he's talking to Trump and Trump is saying, 
go find me 11,000 votes. He's got a damn report in his desk that he's covering up from his own people saying there are 48 instances of fraud. Go check them out. Does Mr. Perfect Election go check them out? No. And now they're investigating Trump. He's the guy that should go to jail. And do I have to get into January 6th? What do you think is going to happen with January 6th? What do you think when we get the full history of it? What do you think? So maybe maybe the text that I put out two years ago will turn out to be true, that there were over 200 Antifa members inside there. Sounds like there were more people working for the FBI than supporting Trump. And people are going, they got a guy they pro, they're prosecuting who was in there for three minutes. They wanted to put him in jail for 20 years. He didn't break anything. He didn't destroy anything. He walked in with a group of other people, probably thinking, no reason not to think he shouldn't go in. And when he saw that it was a little crazy, he walked out. And then they went and raided his house. Okay, all of that. All of that. But yesterday, when that evil, horrible, disgrace of a person walked out, and six people had been killed, three of them nine years old. I was ready for him to do his gun control bull. But I wasn't ready for ice cream. I wasn't ready for ice cream. Now you tell me, is he the most heartless son of a that we've ever had in the White House? Or is he completely delusional? Let's play Let's play the clip and let's listen and think about it. There are only one or two answers here. This guy is the meanest, most heartless, most narcissistic piece of junk that ever lived. Or this guy is uh, not just ready for the nursing home. He's ready for the nut house. Let's listen to it. My name is Joe Biden. (laughs) I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. The bodies are still on the ground. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. You think I'm kidding? The bodies had not been removed from the crime scene yet. I, I You know, as a mayor of a, uh, of a city that when I took it over, had about 2,000 murders. So the first year or two that I was mayor, I went to a lot of murder scenes, and I went to a lot of, a lot of police shootings, both sometimes the scene, but usually the hospital, and then later the scene. I, I never, I, I have to tell I'm not trying to act uh, like, uh, like Ron DeSantis, you know, sanctimonious Ron. But I, there was never a time that I went, even even when criminals got killed, that it didn't affect me. And I, I, I and before that, I did it as a profession. You know, in the in the mafia cases, you have no idea how many homicides I prosecuted. I had one guy. I have one guy who was a witness for me who did thirteen murders. I never I never actually asked him. Always wanted to. You know, how did it end up at 13, 13, you know, 13? and So I'm not unused to it, right? 
But I've never, I've never, I, I, I still have a heart. So either the heart or the brain is missing on this guy, right? Maybe both, huh? When you see, when you've been, I do know a lot about criminals. This guy, it may be hard to accept because he's the president, particularly for Democrats, because they were so wrong. But this guy is a career criminal. He started it at least by the time he was a senator, where he makes a very strange statement when he's first elected about being corrupt. He kind of like telling us. Then he, his brothers set up lobbying operations, and they're shaking down people all over. I call them, you know, it's like a, a trail of trash corruption. And then he becomes a senator. He gets more powerful. He gets on foreign affairs, judiciary. Now he starts to take in even bigger money. Then he takes the second son, who has an addictive personality, gets him a no-show job at the MSNBA Bank, I think it was. Gets a lot of garbage for that. There are a lot of newspaper articles about it with a no-show job. Joe was selling out to the bank, but nobody paid attention or investigated it. So it gets worse, and it really goes sour when he becomes the point man for Obama. Every situation in which Obama appointed him as the point man, the guy in charge of the situation, Joe took massive kickbacks. I'm going to tell you what they were. Iraq. A $1.5 billion housing contract for his brother James, who doesn't know the first thing about housing. Ukraine, an 8 to $20 million deal for his uh, 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 massively addicted son, who we have 15 years or 58 years of pictures where it seems like he's addicted every day and is smoking up a storm in a house with minor children. And then, of course, China, we don't, uh, north of 40 million, and uh, Russia, north of 3.5 million. Each one of those, he was the point man. So what happens when he's point man is America loses and he wins. So in Iraq, he was supposed to do the status of forces agreement so we could keep troops behind. Uh, Biden fails. But, uh, but they sell out and get into a $1.5 billion housing deal. Biden crime family wins. Ukraine, he's supposed to settle with Russia, does nothing. Supposed to defend them, doesn't even give them arms. They're fighting with peace shooters. And he's supposed to help corruption, and he makes corruption worse. So America loses, Biden family makes 8 to $20 million. China sold it. He's still selling us out. America's really losing. Biden family is becoming uh, grossly wealthy. And finally, Russia. <laughs> Russia, we, 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 we affect Russia's conduct at all. They, they step all over, dopey. They step all over him. And then he goes out there yesterday with that crap. And they don't impeach him. And they want to prosecute Trump for something that happened seven or eight years ago. That is not even a crime and is barred by the statute of limitations. Do you see the corruption in this country? Do you see it clearly? Because if you don't, please get help and get us help. I'll be back right after this.
the former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And I uh, want to turn uh, my attention to something we talk about a lot, but haven't in a while. Not because it's gotten any better. It's actually gotten worse. And that's the border. Uh, last year, we set a record for the most uh, Ill- illegals coming into the United States that we know of. Uh, I-, I say we know of because the estimates are for everyone that we know of, uh, you have to add, I mean, for like every, let's say every thousand, you've got to add 500 more that got in and we never saw them. Uh, now, there are those who say it's more than that. There are those who go up to as many as 100%. So for every 1,000, there are 2,000. And there are some that say it's two to one. Can't know. What you would know just out of logic is the more that are coming in and the more our resources are strained that we know about, the more that would be coming in that we don't know about because there are many more opportunities now for them to come in. Plus, as compared to the past, it's now an orchestrated uh, process, much more orchestrated than ever before. The, it used to be run by the people who were bringing Mexicans over to get jobs and to work on farms. And, and with that, some drug addicts would come in and terrorists. But now it's being run solely by the, by the cartels. Now, don't think of the cartels as some little, you know, penny-ante gangs. These are clearly uh, the, the uh, equal of the Colombian uh, cartels. They're very wealthy. They're very clever. They're very smart. They are represented heavily in the United States by their own people in these cities that take what they send in. And they are uh, the biggest thing of, of all with China in the fentanyl trafficking in which they're making a fortune. Well, the fentanyl also includes cocaine, heroin, and every other drug you can think of. Uh, but they're also heavily involved in human trafficking, which is almost as profitable uh, of children and, uh, and, and of, uh, you know, women who are going to be held in bondage, slavery, prostitution against their will, at least uh, until they drug them up and destroy their lives. Uh, they're also involved with ISIS and have been for, you know, 15 years. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. And we have record numbers of terrorists that we now detect. All of this happened overnight when Biden came in and did away with the good work uh, that the Trump administration had done in in bringing it down. They hadn't solved it. The, The Congress wouldn't authorize the wall. The Congress wouldn't authorize a lot of things, but what he with what he had. Trump uh, had brought it down to numbers that were lower than a very long time. And, of course, he had worked out the historic deal with with Mexico, which I would call historic, with a communist who runs Mexico, Lopez Obrador. He had worked out the uh, review in Mexico policy. So people just didn't get in. 
and claim asylum and lie about it. 90% of the people, if not 95, don't get asylum. If you ultimately ever get them once they come in. But if they say the magic words asylum, they're entitled to a trial. If they're entitled to a trial, they're entitled to 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 uh, get bail unless they're violent or we know they're violent. And if they get bail, which is just if put they their own recognizance, they never come back. That I mean, I'm telling you the story for 90 percent of them. So the whole asylum thing is a joke. It's a joke. And, and of course, they're told that they're they. Uh, now assert asylum much more than they ever did before because, as I said, it's orchestrated. There's somebody to tell them to do that before they get here, the, namely the cartels. For that, the cartels exact room in the group for uh, people who are going to be uh, uh, part of uh, human trafficking, room in the group for people who are carrying fentanyl, room in the group for people that are carrying uh, uh, cocaine. Room in the group for a couple of murderers that want to come over and help them. Or MS-13, who are mad, insane murderers. Come on, get angry at me. Criticize me, I love it. Who are animals. They're animals. They cut little girls' heads off. They're animals. MS-13. Trump called them that and got in trouble. He was understating. He was understating. All of this is attributable to one man and one man alone, and that's the moron in the White House, the evil man in the White House, the one who likes to tell jokes when nine-year-olds are slaughtered. And while their bodies are still warm, the guy who doesn't know he's in uh, uh, Cambodia and thinks he's in Colombia, and we are too weak to do anything about it as a people. We're too weak to enforce the 25th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. We're too weak to write about it in our main newspapers that we have a president who is a degenerate, a criminal, and is demented. And he's got a secretary of Homeland Security that is a horrible liar. Let's listen to number nine, and then we'll take a break and we'll listen to the rest of Ted Cruz, because I think... This was, um, I'm very proud of Ted Cruz. We don't have time. When we come back, we're going to listen to Ted Cruz and that wonderful Senator John Kennedy, and then we're going to go to your questions. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you on the Rudy uh, Giuliani Show. And let me uh, play these uh, for you. I think you'll get this and then we'll get to the calls. This is Ted Cruz on Capitol Hill yesterday questioning, uh, I guess, the number two or three liar in the Biden administration. Uh, Biden is one, his press secretary, uh, who in a way is like just a uh, it's like a, you know, uh, puppet kind of thing where she just has to repeat all the lies. And here's Mayorkas, who really tells lies to lead to the death of people. So here's uh, Ted, Ted Cruz, who I think did a magnificent job. Great lawyer, by the way. Go ahead. How many migrants died in 2022? Um, uh, at our, uh, approaching our southern border? Yes. Precisely why we are seeking to exclude so you're, the smuggling Do you know the answer? Do you know how many died? I do not. You do not. Of course you don't. I know how many died. 853. That is 853. True. And by the way, 
Here are the numbers that have died every year. You go back to 1998, you see it's consistently between 300 and 400, 300 and 400, 300 and 400. Suddenly, 2021, what happens? You get in office, and that red line are dead bodies. I've been on the Rio Grande, and I've seen dead bodies floating there who've drowned because of your refusal to do your job. You don't even know how many have died. What do you say to the Texas farmers and ranchers who find pregnant ladies dead on their property, who find toddlers dead on their property? What do you say to them? What a disgrace. Again, uh, isn't there a theme there? Biden comes out uh, t- uh, telling jokes about his wife and, and ice cream while uh, six dead people are uh, still are still uh, their bodies are still warm. And we're in a state of shock over this transgender person, you know, going into a school, uh, killing uh, f- five people, six people and uh, getting sh- shot and killed herself. We've got two police officers that sure as heck were worth uh, mentioning and talking about because had they not blown this uh, uh, murderer away, could have been could have been could have been worse than Sandy Hook. Had plenty of ammunition. Uh, was dead set on killing, and was still shooting. Uh, and I, I don't know if you watch the film. I mean, I know policing really well. And just how much to go back to television. When you watch a, a, a situation like that where the cop is going after the bad guy who's got a gun, the cop moves along slowly. The cop watches every angle, looks, you know, for, before he goes to a, when he goes to a hallway, he'll look around the hallway first, then he'll go through with his gun out. Did they do that? No, because children's lives were at stake. Those guys uh, walked in the way uh, our brave New York City firefighters walk into fire even when there isn't water on the fire. They just walk right in. Like, the hell, you're not going to kill me. I got a job to do. Time is of the essence. Nobody looked. I didn't see a look around a single corner. They had one uh, objective in mind. Get that, you know what, and stop it. And I say it because I don't know what the hell it is. Now, let's go to the second question. You should know that, um, give Ted a real boost here. Professor Dershowitz, who for many years, 30 years, has been a good friend of mine, despite the fact we were on the opposite side of cases. I used to debate him at Harvard, and we fight over who won. Uh, uh, would say that Ted was one of his five best students. Harvard, Harvard Law School criminal, I mean, constitutional law class. That's a hell of a thing. Uh, let's go to number 10 now on, on Ted with, with uh, the liar. Mr. Secretary, I want to say to you right now, it is precisely- your behavior is disgraceful and the deaths, the children assaulted, the children raped. They are at your feet. And if you had integrity, you would resign. And I will tell you, the men and women of the Border Patrol, they've never had a political leader undermine them. They despise you, Mr. Secretary, because you're willing to let children be raped to follow political orders. This is a crisis. It's a disgrace. And you won't even admit this human tragedy is a crisis. Yeah, he, he won't even admit it's a crisis. He, he won't admit it's a crisis. I mean, we've got double the number of people coming in. What the senator said was revolting. I'm not going to address it. Your refusal to do your job. I think Ted got the last word in. And now let's let's end with uh, the with the touch, the very special touch of Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana. Number 12. Here's what I learned today. I learned today that uh, 
either Secretary Mayorkas believes in completely, completely open borders or he is not qualified to manage a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Nothing like John Kennedy. Uh, by the way, uh, John, it's both. <laughs> and no, he has not managed to, I don't know, he might he, he start lying. So let's go to George in Easton, Long Island. Hi, Mr. Mayor. I'm going to call you counsel for this. I'm a longtime court employee. I may have met you up in Mr. Morgenthau's office. I was a warden of the grand jury, which means I was the court officer assigned there sure. for the Supreme Court. I uh, used to be inside the room handing up the exhibits, the regular stuff a court officer does, and I would leave you know, when the vote happens. Now, I saw many, many proceedings. As you know, the ADA, or you as the prosecutor in federal court, would ask the questions, and you wouldn't let them deviate. If they weren't cooperating, you would take a break, bring them out, read them the Rider Act, and if they weren't cooperating, you'd bring them before a judge, at least in the grand jury. Now, I am, don't understand. Mr. Costello, which is good, he gave Mr. Trump uh, when he got stuff in. I never saw that happen where the ADA would let he gave extra, uh, you know, uh, all his memorandums, and he admits on his interviews, Mr. Costello, who's a good lawyer, you know him, he he let, he let a lot of stuff out that he wasn't asked. No ADA who was worth his salt, and you would never let him people do it in federal court. You'd say, answer yes or no. Answer the questions I ask you. I think you understand. I don't understand. It really perplexes me. I do think Mr. Trump will be... Uh, indicted unfortunately it's easy to get 12 votes but i don't understand why the ada would let mr costello do that unless he was inept i don't think he was inept because i'm sure on a case like that he would he would have i think Bragg is smart enough to have at least a senior man there i don't get it unless it was done on purpose um that's all i really okay. wanted to I'll say t- i'll give you my i'll give you my observation of course i don't know the answer and your uh, your points about the grand jury are well taken, and they're true. Uh, the di- district attorney runs the grand jury. Uh, the the derogatory thing we that was said um, years ago is you can indict a ham sandwich, and that 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 that's because the district attorney uh, is like a dictator in a grand jury. Uh, obviously, the smart ones don't act that way; they act much more. Uh, conciliatory and nice, and but beyond, but behind that, they're running the darn thing. They largely don't let the grand jury hear anything they don't want them to hear. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, and um, they control it. And then they give the final closing statement, and no, the defense has no closing statement. So it's a one-sided trial, let's put it that way. And uh, every once in a while, you get a runaway grand jury, and it's so rare that it's called a runaway grand jury. But here's what I think happened. As I think you do know, uh, in both state and federal court, a prosecutor does have the obligation uh, uh, to put exculpatory evidence, if he has it or it's available to him or her, before the grand jury. 
And if you uh, don't, and it's material and it's important evidence that could affect the grand jury's decision, even though you know almost nothing affects the grand jury's decision but the recommendation of the prosecutor, but theoretically you don't know that, then a court will reverse the the indictment. Uh, Very similar to what happens when you don't provide exculpatory material, exculpatory material of material from which the defense can argue that their person is innocent. So the exculpatory material here was the stuff that uh, Costello had called the DA about and had said, you know, before the grand jury indicts, it's entitled to hear this. The U.S. attorney is the one that got this from me originally. You're entitled to have what the U.S. attorney had when the U.S. attorney decided there was no case. The U.S. attorney had originally called Costello. Costello said, I can't testify because I was Cohen's client. Cohen was my client, therefore the attorney-client privilege. They presented him with a waiver of the privilege. The U.S. attorney did, in which case he he has no excuse for not testifying. He can't assert the attorney-client privilege anymore. It's not the, the lawyer doesn't have the attorney-client privilege. The client does. It's not my privilege. So I've asserted the attorney-client privilege at times for my clients, obviously. I mean, I think, you know, in some of these cases with President Trump, I've selectively done it, areas where I did and areas where I didn't, where I thought it applied or I didn't. But ultimately, I have to go back to former to President Trump and say, Do you want to waive it or don't you want to waive it? Or it's his privilege. It's not mine or any of my clients. So he waived it on paper. Now, he subsequently lied about it like he's lied about everything else. A very famous situation a week ago, he appears on MSNBC or CNN, either one of the communist networks. And he says, I never took the first. He says it definitively. Never signed that. Then he says, I can't remember. Costello puts up the paper, shows it on uh, Tucker Carlson's show. Not only that, it's witnessed by three assistant uh, U.S. attorneys. He's just flat out lying. Now, 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 when he's cooperating with, this, with Bragg, he's lying, which is why I think they're running away from him. I don't think the case can be based on him at all. I don't think you, if they bring the case, I don't think you'll see Cohen on the witness stand. Now, why did uh, uh, Costello have to volunteer that? Because they weren't asking him about it. They were asking him irrelevant, stupid questions that had nothing to do with Cohen lying. And he said, you know, you took three of my of my texts or emails or notes that have nothing to do with this. I have 330 instances where he was lying. And you don't want them for the grand jury? At that point, they got caught cheating. I don't know if they're smart or they're uh, slippery and unethical. But they had an ethical obligation to present that evidence to the grand jury. Prosecutors are not seeking convictions and indictments. Prosecutors, and boy, sometimes you got to shake them up and slap them around and fix them. And I had to do that when I was U.S. attorney. They are pursuing justice. As uh, Justice Jackson of the Supreme Court said, The prosecutor wins when justice is done, not when there's a conviction. And there are times in which you prove somebody's innocent. Gee, that's an achievement. But they are so warped in this administration, 
This, I mean, this, this, the rules don't exist anymore, my friend. This is a uh, operation much more similar to not the United States, what we're used to, but to East Germany, the Soviet Union, Nazi Germany, or China. When you prosecute Republicans for things that you would never think of prosecuting Democrats for, you're living in a totalitarian state, at least with regard to the criminal justice system. You certainly are living in a fascist state. It's the very definition of fascism. Let's go to Tony in Clifton. Hello, Hello, Mayor. How are you today? I'm good, Tony. How are you? I'm always good when I get to talk to you. So I wanted to tell you with respect to the shooting at the Christian school in Tennessee, um, I was looking through the news and I saw that recently, just a few weeks ago in Tennessee, they their legislature approved and the governor signed a bill banning something with adult activities, pornography, uh, cabaret kind of things near schools and laid that out. And this was just weeks ago approved. I don't know if you're aware of that. I, 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 I am. Aware, I mean, I've read I probably read. Pretty much the same article or articles. Yeah, I'm aware of it to that extent, not in great detail. So, you know, I really sense that the police were kind of aware because I know there was a lot of pushback on that by the by the transgender community. And it seemed like the police were kind of, you know, ready and prepared for it. Now, I know in New York City in 19, in, in 2000, something like 21, they repealed the cabaret law. Um, and it mentioned in that article that you um, you were involved in some of that. So in New York City, in like, repealing it, I don't know if they repeal. No, you were involved. <laughs> no, I'm the one who I'm, involved, I'm the one who got it passed. You were involved in enforcing it, enforcing them like crazy. They used to go nuts on me. In fact, there's a gentleman who appears with John Castamatidis regularly at five o'clock. You should ask him about it, Rudy Washington. He was my deputy mayor, and Rudy was the scourge of all nightlife in New York. He would he would crack down on them, uh, really be very tough on them. Look, nothing happens in a bar after 10 o'clock at night. My father owned a bar, and he used to say that. Nothing good happens in a bar after 10 o'clock at night. And if as a as a, a mayor, a prosecutor, a, a police official, you don't watch them really closely. You're going to get a lot of people killed, raped, and beaten. And if you don't do it, there's something wrong with you. We'll be back with the mayor's final thoughts. The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back again with the mayor's final thoughts, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Tunnel to Towers takes care of, I believe, the most significant people in our society, the people who protect us, the people who put their lives at risk to protect us in the military and in law enforcement. And should they die, they're there right away with a check to pay off the mortgage or, or take care of the housing. And, and so the f- people understand, number one, they're going to be supported. We're going to be there and that we appreciate and have their back. And second, they build smart homes for those who are seriously injured and unable to fully act independently, and it gives them a degree of independence that is so important. 
So get your $11 a month in, t2t.org, t, the number 2t.org. I'm going to make my final thoughts today about the intersection of gun control and mental health and 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 uh, talk to you as realistically as I can about how you have a, have a uh, a realistic chance of reducing these horrible situations of mass killings uh and you know of course they're the most shocking when they involve 9-year-old children and children like Sandy Hook but they're shocking in all of if they go into a nightclub or they go into a movie theater or any of that um as a person who uh, I think can claim uh, the title expert on law enforcement, and I will uh, boast and remind you that I reduce crime more than anyone in history in New York. The reductions of 65 and 70 percent in all the key FBI index crimes are unheard of. They have never happened before. and They haven't happened since. And I think I know something about this. It did not come about by luck. I studied crime and criminology on my own for years. The broken window theory was known to me for a dozen years before I used it. I learned it working with Professor James Q. Wilson on the Attorney General's Task Force on Violent Crime. So I give you that as a introduction to what I'm about to say. When a person like Biden or the mayor of uh, Nashville, who's being thrown out of office, by the way, uh, I learned that when I was in Nashville. He was told not to run. He can't win. When they come out right after something like this and talk about gun control, it's either because they're political prostitutes or they're really just completely ignorant about how to reduce crime. Let me just say it to you this way. I think you'll get it. Gun control uh, uh, is an argument for it. There are things that gun control can achieve. And there's an argument against it. There are things that it can really, really hurt, like defending yourself, particularly in a situation we're in now. But here is, without doubt, absolutely gospel truth. It does not affect the behavior of criminals. And the worse the criminal, the less it's going to affect their behavior. The more mentally ill the criminal the more it will not affect their behavior. People that are mentally ill, just think about it, are uncontrollable. People that are criminals are uncontrollable. By virtue of their breaking the laws and taking the risk of punishment that other people won't do. So gun control is a law. If they're going to murder, they surely are going to violate the gun control laws. Now, when you add to it that there are somewhere between 300 and 400 million guns in this country, gun control will not control the gun either. It'll, put, it'll just put an extra value on the hundreds of millions, yes, hundreds of millions of extra guns that are in this country. And you'll have more of this. Please believe me. And we use it because the liberals will never hold anybody accountable. It's hard to find out that this person was transgender. Boy, they were hoping in the worst way it was a white supremacist. It's the person's behavior that has to be focused on. And I'm not telling you it's easy, 
to pick out the people who are mentally ill or to say to psychiatrists, you've got to turn them in. Not easy. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But stop the gun control stuff. You're misleading people and you are getting people killed. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, say a prayer for America, but also say a prayer to thank God that you're in America. God bless America.